place. Now, I don't know. I can't gauge how people are, are or why people are doing what they're doing. I don't know people's motives and intentions, but I do know that not everything is meant for the public eye to see. You're listening to The Traditional Millennial with Brittany Dotson, where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps. Welcome back to The Traditional Millennial. I am your host, Brittany Dotson, and I'm so excited to be back with you. I know it's been a minute, but we are here and we are ready to chat today and just get back into the swing of things as we are into this new year. And I'm so excited about the topic that we are talking about today also. So I believe that one of the attitudes that we sometimes struggle with the most, even amongst believers, is an acquiescence to servanthood. That there's this urging for us to be out front or for uh, for us to be followed, um, for us to be waited on and to be important enough that people want to cater to us. And, and this sometimes <laughs> is hard for us to shake. We can't, we can't shake this attitude sometimes. It just seems to take a hold on us and, and it doesn't want to let us go. But if we look at our ultimate example for everyday living, we will see that servanthood should be the goal of our ministry. It should be the goal of our mission, and it should be the reason why we do what we do. Christ is the ultimate example for how we should live, but also for how we should view ourselves in regard to service. So if we look at Matthew 20, 26 and 27, we see that those who are greatest among us should be those who serve. Now, I know this is the complete opposite of how we tend to think in regard to our significance amongst people. But Jesus teaches here that instead of seeing ourselves as those who need to be waited on and ministered to, we should do the waiting and the ministering. And Jesus stated that his purpose in coming was not to be served, but to serve. You know, I know it's hard to comprehend for some of us, but it is possible to be a leader and to serve just like Christ. Again, let's look at him. Jesus's entire mission was centered around serving other people. And he gave his life away because a true leader has a servant's heart. They appreciate the worth and the value of other people, and they realize that nothing is beneath them. No job, no task, nothing is beneath them. And just look at Philippians 2, 7 and 8, where it talks about Jesus becoming incarnate. So he became flesh and he took upon himself the form of a servant. It says, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross. So just like Christ set aside his right to his glory and his power for us, believers, we have to display a similar willingness to serve. Jesus showed us everything about God's character that can be seen and conveyed in human terms and humility and service were a major part of this character. Believers in the church, we've been placed in the world to serve to serve the Lord first, but to also serve those in the world who need him. And we're not, we have not been placed here to be exalted or to have our own needs and our own desires satisfied. And, you know, in speaking of the church and its, and its relation to servanthood, you know, we see a lot of churches that may gain great size and wealth and prestige, but that is not its purpose. 
Jesus did not associate with people for what they could in turn do for him. If he had, then he would have never gone to Zacchaeus' house. He wouldn't have engaged the Samaritan woman in conversation, or he wouldn't have allowed the sinful woman to wash his feet in Simon's house. These were acts that our modern leaders or public relations experts would most definitely have disapproved of because they weren't helpful in gaining Jesus' prestige or celebrity or favorable publicity. But Jesus was not interested in exploiting people. And in that same way, the church shouldn't determine its activity on the basis of what will enable it to prosper and grow naturally. Rather, it should seek to follow the Lord's example of service, and it should seek to grow spiritually by multiplying souls in the kingdom. The church has to be willing to go to the undesirables and the helpless and those who cannot maybe give anything in return to the church because a true representative of the church will even be willing to give his or her life if necessary for the sake of his ministry. And, you know, another aspect of taking on a servant's heart is not seeking recognition when we are serving other people. You know, social media has made this especially hard for for those who may already have a desire to be seen of other people anyway, because if it poses a challenge to those who play the background, you know it's challenging for those who are already prone to doing things for attention. And we see a lot of this today. We see a lot of people who would rather you know, broadcast what they're doing for everybody everywhere instead of being very low-key and silent and quiet about the things that they do because it's coming from a good place. Now, I don't know. I can't gauge how people are, are or why people are doing what they're doing. I don't know people's motives and intentions, but I do know that not everything is meant for the public eye to see. Matthew 6, 3 and 4 says, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. So even back then, though, those religious leaders, they were giving to the needy in order to be praised by other people. But the sad part in this is that the only reward they would receive would be that of public or professional acclaim. And of course, we know that that is not the reward that will last. The approval of the father and our reward from heaven is what matters most. And it's the only thing that's eternal. And a true servant wouldn't want others to always know the good deeds they perform for others. Because essentially this says that you may be doing the right thing, but for the wrong reasons, which is ultimately doing the wrong thing altogether. And I know it's easy to do what's right when we could possibly gain recognition or praise, but the true test of pure motive comes, it comes when there is nothing to be gained from our service. So what does it take to be a good servant or to have a servant's heart? One, You have to humble yourself. The Bible says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. But it also says that we should humble ourselves because it is better to be humble than to be humiliated. And this doesn't mean that we think less of ourselves, but that we think of ourselves less. But when I say this, I mean this in view of others, because when we look at ourselves in view of God, we have to think of ourselves as nothing so that God can become everything to us. Our sinful natures do not want to be humbled. We tend to protect our pride as though it were like our best friend or our pet or kid or something. But pride gets in the way of our relationship with the Lord. But God will work with us when we desire humility. It may be hard and painful, but it's only temporary and it's worth it. Because despite all of that pain, we find an added measure of grace to sustain us as we go through the refining process. And two, it's only two things. We have to take on the mind of Christ. Philippians 2 
also tells us that we should have this mind among ourselves that was also in Christ Jesus. The believer's mind needs to reflect the right model if we are going to live for the Lord. This passage is often referred to as the hymn of Christ, as Paul depicts a beautiful example of service in this heartwarming poem, in this in this part of this letter to the Philippian church. These verses were written to encourage greater humility and love and to show the life and ministry of Christ and how he gave himself to servitude. Christ is the suffering servant. He is the example. He is the ultimate supreme, prototypical example of how we should serve other people. He couldn't, he can't get anything from us. He he doesn't need anything from us. We give of ourselves willingly to him, but he gave his whole life just for us. And he could or could not receive anything in return. Some people still will not accept him. There will be some people who will, but there will be some people who reject him. And he still gave his life for the entire world so that we can have the opportunity to reconcile ourselves back to God. So he is the ultimate example. And so if you need an example of how to become a true servant, just look at Christ. Just look at him. Look at his sacrifice. He died the most shameful, humiliating death just so we wouldn't have to face eternal punishment. But in his humiliation came his exaltation. So if we just surrender our hearts to become like that of the suffering servant, then there is more to gain through our obedient, selfless service than our fleeting, shallow need to be served. All right, y'all, that is a wrap for today's episode. I truly hope that it blesses and encourages you. Listen, make sure you connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Brittany Dotson Music and also on Twitter at IMBD Music. I would absolutely love to hear from you. Thanks again for hanging out with me on the traditional millennial where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps. <music>